Welcome back to the More Life Podcast. We are absolutely buzzing for another great episode for you guys here today. So, Matt, what are we talking about here today? We are talking about the Buffalo Sabres. And, man, let me tell you, they are one great team. Yeah, I mean, look at the, you look at those Sabres. Like, they finished last place in the NHL this year for the fourth time in the past eight years, really showing the league why they're such a staple and such a great organization year in and year out. Just outstanding performance, and as we've really come to expect last place as fans here at Buffalo. But anyways, in terms of kind of like, we're going to give kind of a recap of the season, as well as we'll talk about a little bit about the offseason and what's about to come, as uh, this is a very important year for the Sabres and the relatively new general manager, Kevin Adams. So in terms of what happened, it started with the firing of uh, second-year head coach Ralph Kruger, as the team was really not performing well at all. They've had a few good games in the middle there at the beginning of the season, then they had a COVID outbreak, and when they came back from the outbreak, they played absolutely terrible. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, he got fired. And uh, assistant coach Don Granado came in, and uh, the, honestly, the players they did a lot, they did a lot better. Some younger players like Casey Middlestat, Rasmus Dahlin, and Tage Thompson really elevated their games under Granado and showed like the possibility that they could become key players for the Sabres going forward. And in terms of stats to prove this, starting off with a guy like Middlestat, who was a high draft pick in 2017, under Kruger he had five points in 13 games, compared to Granado where he had 17 points in 28 games. So. About twice as many games, but a lot more points. And you really, you can really see when he's watching him play, like he look, he looked much more confident with the puck, and he was able to make those clear passes out of the zone and open up his teammates for scoring chances. In terms of Darlene, he had 11 points in 28 games under Kruger, compared to 12 points in 28 games under Granado. So it was an even split for him. But um, the minus, he looked at the plus minus rating, which I'll admit isn't the best rating for hockey. Um, he was negative 27 under Kruger compared to minus 9 under Granado. So even though the points were kind of in a similar range, the plus minus indicated that overall he was playing a lot better hockey at 5-on-5. Five five. And then for Thompson, he had just 2 points in 13 games with Granado, with, sorry, with Kruger, compared to 12 points in 25 games with Granado. So he also got, got improved ice time under Granado. So Granado really showed that he could use utilize the skill set of Thompson uh, to be more advantageous for the Sabres in terms of creating offense. Another thing... That another big thing that happened last season was the signing of Taylor Hall to a one-year deal, which kind of caught us all up by surprise. Like, we wouldn't think that the Sabres would bring in such a high-level player like Taylor Hall, but it did not work out at all. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Matt? Yeah, I remember, you know, finding out that we signed Taylor Hall. It was, it was honestly unbelievable. Like, I didn't believe it. You know, I was texting all my friends. They didn't really believe it. We're like, what the heck? And, you know, it obviously created hype for the season. Everyone's excited. Season starts, and it's just like... You're just trying to start a car with a dead battery. Like, it, nothing happened <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how many times I saw the man slip on the ice. Like, he could not do anything out there. No. I mean, it's crazy because after he was up here, he had a bad season with the Sabres. And halfway through, they traded him to the trade deadline to the Bruins. Yep. And uh, he was absolutely amazing there. Yeah. Like, he played. <laughs> there's a goal he scored in the playoffs where he caught a pass in front of the net and did, like, while he was catching the pass, he did, like, kind of like a spin ram and then, like, just, like, roofed it, top corner. Yeah. And there was none of that in Buffalo. None of that. Yeah, and no, it's just... And then, you know, a goal like that is, like, for the most part, individual skill. And that was just never seen on Buffalo. So yeah. it makes you think, like, what's going on there? What's going on in the locker room? Who knows? <laughs> something's, in the, something's in the water in Buffalo. That's, that's all I'll say. And then in terms of, like, some other things that happened season, um, the Sabres had their, like, end-of-the-season press conference a few months ago, and... Uh, Players like Eichel, Reinhardt, Ritzlinen all kind of explained their dismay for the team and why 
and that they may want to leave, which is a little bit disheartening considering they're some of the best players, and uh, <laughs> the same are already last place as is, so there's yeah. really nowhere to go in terms of that. Yep, yep. You know when your core, the core of your team says that they essentially all want to leave, including your captain, it says says something. Yeah. Honestly, you really can't blame them too, because like players like Eichel, Reinhardt, Line, and those guys have been here for um, like five, six years plus, and like yeah. they have seen, they really haven't even gotten close to the playoffs at all. So like, at some point, you got to wonder like, what I, I got to do what's best for my career, rather than just like sticking with this franchise that continuously just like spins its wheels trying to move in the standings because it just doesn't improve at all. Yeah, yeah, no, it's weird. You know, Jack Eichel was drafted in 2015. That is like six years ago. Yeah, even Godzik Risto, who That's obviously crazy. has not played great recently, he's played 542 games in the NHL, has not had a, a sniff of the playoffs at all. Like, why would he want to stay here? I mean, I admit he's not the best player. and like He hasn't been playing great recently, but, like, still, I think he's deserving of better chances to play in the playoffs and achieve something, really. Yeah. <laughs> Just <do> anything, really. <laughs> but moving on to the expansion draft, because that's a, that's a big topic with uh, the Seattle Kraken coming into the league as the 32nd team. Each team recently uh, did a list of who to protect, and and they also Seattle drafted yesterday, so as we sit here today on July 22nd, the Seattle drafted the Sabres defenseman Will Borgen, who is kind of a younger defenseman, 24 years of age, and honestly, I don't really think this is a huge loss for Sabres. It's a little bit unfortunate because he played well um, at the end of the year. But overall, I don't think it's really nothing to be too concerned about. Um, think about the Sabres' decision to protect a guy like Ristolainen rather than a younger player like Borgen who could bring more to the table in the future. I think it's more of like a offloading thing. Like, we want to just restart this team where I think we can get more in return for someone if we keep Ristolainen rather than Borgen. I don't think we'd get nearly as much for Borgen as we would for Ristolainen. So we're looking more to really clear house on this team and get as much assets as we can for it, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point because, yeah, I feel like Borgen, although he's good, he really didn't show, he didn't show like he'd be a great player. I mean, look at his stats. Uh, he had 14 games this year, didn't even have a point. And, I, and he, that's true, he's more of a defensive player, but at the same time, like, Really didn't show too much. I mean, yeah, and you know he hasn't played a lot in the NHL either. So no. like, it's gonna be hard for teams to really like get a gauge on what kind of player he's gonna be, how good he's gonna be, stuff like that. So I think you know that's the main reason why we're thinking we can get more for Ristolainen than Borgen. Yeah, in terms of the, the expansion draft, I was kind of surprised by some of the picks. I mean, you saw like the uh, Seattle pass on some high-profile players like Carey Price, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. They did pick Matt or yeah, Mark Giordano. But they also passed on some other big names as well. Like, do you think they have like the same ceiling as a team like Vegas did the first year? Because they went really far the first year. Yeah, I know Vegas went super like more than farther than any other team that I would think. But uh, I would say they're not going to go as far as Vegas. But you know, who knows? Who knows? They'll probably go farther than Buffalo. You know, that's a plus <laughs> yeah, for them. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> no, but as you were saying though, they left players up there and. It was a surprise because, you know, why would you pass on Carey Price or, you know, I understand passing on guys like Gabriel Landenskog and, you know, because he's uh, unrestricted for free agents, so that could be a little sticky situation, but, yeah, I don't think they're going to go as far as Vegas did their first year. No. I think Vegas did, like, did a good job in terms of the GM, like, trading players, acquiring players, and, like, picking, like, side deals to do certain players, leave them exposed, but at the same time, like... I think Vegas first year, like, everyone had, like, a career year. Like, everyone, there was, like, at least, like, five players who, like, went from unknown players to be, like, really good players. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of really unlikely, depending on 
like whatever team you are. Cause. That's just like doing the draft like perfectly, no yes. mistakes, yeah. hitting all your spots. And you can't expect that to happen. No. Like even if they, even if Seattle finishes like within the top like twenty five, I feel like that's kind of like a success. Or like as yeah. long as their young players show some kind of promise, then that's kind of like success in my eyes. Yeah. Speaking of young players with promise, how are we talk about the NHL draft? You know, the Sabres had the first pick, and uh, whoever they take, they're gonna have to be. Uh, they're going to have to be good because <laughs> the Sabres needs, needs a good player. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, there has been some debate about who's going to be picked. There is uh, defenseman Owen Power from Michigan University who just finished his freshman year last year. He's kind of like a taller guy. Um, then also there's the forward, William Eklund, from, who plays in the Swedish Hockey League, who did pretty well this year. I mean, he put up, uh, what is it, 27 points this year, 23 points in 40 games. Not bad overall. Yeah. But he can, he's only 18 years old, so playing against men, so it's obviously good competition for him. Matt, what do you think about uh, Owen Power? Because I know you've heard a little bit about him. Yeah, Owen Power, he's a big player. He's like 6'6". I think he's like 214, 215. So he's a big player. It'll be a big presence. I don't know. Most of the time that comes with physical presence, but you know, you never know. <laughs> but you know, most of the time it'll be uh, a physical presence coming with that. So that's something I think the Sabres especially need. I feel like, you know, watching them play, they could use a little bit of uh, some bigger hits or more uh, hard play. Yeah, they can use it. Yeah, but uh, I, I honestly think they're going to go with Owen Power. You know, um, What do you think? I think they will as well, although I don't know if it's technically the right decision because, oh. I mean, think about it. They've already got Rasmus Dahlin playing the first line, and ideally you want him to be like your number one defenseman, and I feel like you don't really put two like high-profile defensemen on the same line, so... Like, would you take up Zavon and like Power first overall and then play him in the second line? Like, to me, that doesn't really make, doesn't really make too much sense. Unless he's obviously some great, like, he's some, like, franchise defenseman. But. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But, you know, reading a lot about the draft and, like, what the scouts are saying, there's no, like, exceptionally, like, yeah. great players, like, no generational talents. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a bad year to have the first overall pick. It is, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, if you know how the Sabres did get Dalian first overall, and he was viewed as, like, the top defenseman yeah. in, a, in a long time. And uh, then Eichel, they got the second pick for him, and he's been pretty good so far, so... I feel like they can't really complain too much, but at the no. same time, it's a little bit frustrating because I think next year is supposed to be like some really good draft players available. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll just be you know garbage again, and we'll get it too. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> so, so let's stay tuned for a year from now for the next episode of the uh, another Sabres draft episode. But yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's, it's who knows? This power could be the best defense in Sabres have had in 15 years, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, and you know, I was listening to some interviews of like a past GM and um, a teammate of Power, and both of them said that he's like a very hard worker and he's very humble, which I think would be, you know, a good character to have yeah. um, on this team. You know, who knows, maybe future captain. We know, we don't who know. knows, who knows. And whoever they draft, it's got, they have to be good because uh, that'd, be a blue, that'd be a big blown opportunity if uh, they were not good. Yes. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure at all. No, no pressure, Owen. You know who does that pressure, though, is Kevin Adams. Oof. Some players on this team are kind of expecting trades. Guys like Jack Eichel, uh, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, the big one is Eichel because he's obviously the face, the face of the franchise. And, uh, you know, he's, he's had some good years here in Buffalo. He really has. Like, I can't think of one year where he's played, like, he's played, like, below expectations. Like, yeah. he came in as a rookie, did well. And ever since then, his career's kind of, like, taken off. I feel like especially um, not this past year because he, he was pretty injured and banged up. But the two years prior to that he was just he was just phenomenal. He was a he was definitely the best player on the ice. He was in talks for like MVP like yeah. mid season, which was just crazy. Like was, that's that's the kind of player you want as like yeah. the face of your franchise. 
Yeah. So say we're talking about trading him. Do you think that's just forget about the return? It's pretty like the right move. Well, I'll tell you this: if Eichel doesn't want to be here, we got to trade him because if he's out there on the ice in a Sabres uniform and he doesn't want to be in a Sabres uniform, he's not going to play good. Yeah. Another thing to mention to that is, um, so after this year, yeah, I think after the season, his new his no moving clause kicks in, and what that means is that if you want to trade him. He has to approve the team you're trading him to. Yeah. So if he's still unhappy after this year, you're almost kind of like locked down. You either have to like just like have him play upset, which that could, that could get a little bit ugly, or he's gonna be like, I'm only going to like these three teams. Then you're kind of like you're kind of st- you're kind of messed up. Like you have to yeah kind of give in his his demand. So I feel like the communication is really important here. Like if the Sabers and Eichel can get on the same page about what they have going coming up with um, some of the young players and obviously whoever they take first overall. And Don Granado, then I think could be good to keep him. But if not, and he just and he's just set, he's dead set and wanting out of Buffalo, then you absolutely have to trade him right now. Even though like the neck injury that he has, the herniated disc in his neck, is kind of decreasing his value a little bit and making teams a little bit hesitant. I think you still have to pull the trigger because you can get a lot for him. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's like the big factor for Eichel too is like this whole situation with the herniated disc in his neck. That's the big, like, pushing over the edge for him where we were wanting him to do one surgery, he wants to do another one, and, you know, we're kind of telling him what to do, which, you know, I guess is yeah part of your contract, but, you it's, know. It's a sticky situation. Because it is. It's, because, like, the Sabres have the right. They should want, and also, the, the surgery I could want has never been done by an actual athlete before. So, no. like, there's no data and evidence to support that, it's, that's, that it works. Like, yeah. and he wants this new thing. I would be hesitant if I was the Sabres, too. But it's his body, so I mean, it's tough to it's tough to say who's right in this regard. And it's gonna be tough trading him too, because you know the big reason why he's mad is because of the surgery. So you know, you trade him to a team, that team's gotta be probably willing to take that surgery if this is if Michael's dead set on this. Yeah, if I was another team trading for him, I would before I make a trade for him, I would would have wanted to talk to him and be like on the same page about where the medical where we're going medically. Yeah. So we can get him on the ice healthy and. Um, at his best as soon as possible because if you're trading for him you're trading up you're trading a lot of good young players and probably some of the future of your team to make your team better because you think that he can take you over the top because he's, he's that type of player like he's yeah. really good like, I mean look at some of the some of the numbers here I mean 2019-20 season 78 points in 68 games including 36 goals that season before 2018-19 he had 82 points in 77 games so both of those years he's been well over a point per game and then this year playing with um, injuries, 18 points in 21 games. So even when he's been injured, he's been... I'm, I think you could agree, he's, he's probably the best player in the Sabres. Oh, yeah. Even being like, injured, he's the best player in the Sabres. Yeah. So, like, even if... No matter what team he goes to, he's going to be probably their best, if not second-best player. Like, he's one of the top 10 centers in the league, easily. Probably top five, and that's the most important important position in the league. So, yep. if you're going to trade him, even with the knack you're out, you have to get a lot back. Yeah, we got to have a huge return for him. Yeah. You want to go over to one of the um, mock, mock trades that one of our uh, viewers sent in? Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of our viewers suggested the Ducks could be a possible um, landing spot for Jack Eichel, and that could be uh, second, and uh, Zegras, that's how he pronounced his name, yep. I believe? Trevor Zegras, yeah. Yep, Zegras, Zegras, same thing. Yeah, um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, you know, he's a great player, and... <laughs> At this point, why not go for it? If he's dead set on leaving, we just got to get what we can because we got to offload the team. Yeah, I mean, I agree. In terms of like what the uh, 
the viewer said, like, Zegers is a good young player who did well at the AHL. And he showed, obviously, a lot of skill, I think, in the World Junior Tournament. So that could be something going forward. But at the same time, like, it's tough. You got to either get, get some more or, like, it's tough because like, injury really affects his value so much. You either got to get more for, for Eichel or just kind of have to get the best player you can. Zegers is good, but I don't know if this is the right move going forward because think about the Ducks. Um, they were second last last year, so they're really not too much closer to the playoffs than we are. So yeah, yeah, I don't know about that true. one. That is true. So next one we're going to Sam Reinhardt. Sam Reinhardt's a guy who, who actually had, had a career year this year. He had 40 points in, in 54 games, including 25 goals. And no, I know, 25 goals doesn't sound great, but that's only 54 games. So a full year, that's easily in the high 30s. So yeah. he had a great, he had a really great year this year. And I feel like the crazy thing is it came when him playing center when Eichel was injured, which is kind of something he has not done. And it seems like with that, the Sabres kind of like mismanaged him so far in terms of like, like first, like why wasn't he the center before that? Exactly. Know? Yeah, that's what people have been saying all along too is a lot of our previous coaches haven't really wanted to play him center for some reason. So they've always been pairing him with Eichel, putting him on the wing every time. So, you know, we got to look at him at center, and he did good. Yeah, I mean, I can understand. I can kind of understand why. He's really not a great skater, so that could affect his ability to move around the ice and um, be the most efficient player. But he's very skilled. He's a great passer. He's got a good shot. At this point, he's experienced. He's 25 years old. He's played six years in the league now. Like, there's really no reason why he can't be um, either a second-line center or a, or a first-line center on a bad team. So... <laughs> Like the Sabres. No, yeah, like the Sabres. He knows, he knows his role well. He knows his role well, which is one of the few players on Sabres who knows that, so which is good. But the problem is he's an RFA, and he's a, his contract expires this year, so you either got to sign him to a, to a long-term extension because of Sabres, or sorry, because he had a good year this year. He'll want a lot of money. He'll command that. Mm. Or you got to trade him. So what are your thoughts on that? You think he should, you think he'll be a Sabre next year? It's, it, it, honestly, Mike, it all depends. It all depends if Risto leaves, if Eichel leaves. I don't... I honestly don't think we're gonna ship off all three Eichel, Reinhardt, Ristolainen. Really, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't think all three mm. are gonna leave. I would say the thing I would say is like, I'd want either all three or like none at all because yeah, yeah. You either, I think we either want to go like all in with this team, with like this core, and you think like Eichel and Reinhardt can make it work with the young players in Granado, or you just want to say like let's just blow it up and start over and get the high draft picks. That is true. I I agree with that, but I think it's gonna be hard to get what we want from every single player. That I is, think yeah one of those deals we're going to have to lose on. And it's a chance of, like, if we want to lose on a deal or not. Yeah. But, uh, you know, trades, like you say, what, what are a couple trades that we had uh, some listeners send in? Yeah, of course. From the one we got from another listener and a fourth, or sorry, a 14th overall pick from the Flyers in exchange for a Sam Ryder. And honestly, like, is a good player. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just got to hope that he'll be a good player. You have, you'll have to scout at him and being positive that he's, like, a player that can – eventually in your first or second line and be a contributor on offense. And hopefully you got to hit on that 14th pick as well because, as you've seen, the Sabres really have not been great at drafting. So no. you got to fix that quick if you want to be a if you want to have a successful rebuild and hopefully not take too long and eventually get back to the playoffs soon. Matt, what do you think about seeing, like, the... Uh, how do you feel about seeing Sam Reinhardt in a, in a Flyers uniform? You know, honestly... I don't want to see it. I'll when I was that. younger, I hated the Flyers, mainly because... Uh, you know, they, they definitely were more on the chippier side when we're playing them. And, you know, we, we lost that playoff series to them, so we're still a little yeah yeah salty about that. But, uh, no, I, w- I wouldn't like the idea of that. I would prefer them on the West Coast. You know, mm-hmm. don't have to see them that much. Yeah. 
Not that he's like that much deadly of a player. I just wouldn't want to see him yeah. on the Flyers. I agree. I agree. It's kind of the Bruins, at least in that regard. It's just like those teams don't really like. So it's like yeah, yeah. You no. don't want a player to go there. Yeah, Jack, he better not go to Boston. If Jack was on Boston, then that would be just. What if he's playing on the same line with Taylor Hall? Oh, gosh. Just putting up points like, yeah. like nothing. It's like Jack, the rat, <laughs> aka Brad Marchand, <laughs> and Taylor Hall just tearing up the league. That would just. At that point, I would watch. I'd be yeah. like, I, I can't take this. That's too much pain. <laughs> yep, quit hockey. Yeah, quit hockey. <laughs> And then in terms of Ristolainen, he's a player we've, we we mentioned earlier in the show. He's had like four over four hundred or sorry over five hundred games with the Sabers, so he's definitely a he's a greasy veteran out there. So uh, I mean, he's definitely he spent his time in, with Buffalo. He spent his time. Yeah, and I think you know he's got lots of value to him, but I think one of his stronger areas would be his celebrations. He has an advanced celebration game. I mean, you saw the one against Montreal. He kind of like he scored the overtime goal. He kind of like spun his stick around. Did like yeah, a, did a little dance, little dance. And then yeah. uh, he had one against San Jose. Uh, I think that was like the t- it was like, I think it was the, actually the tenth win in a row a couple years ago. Oh yep yep. He had a nice one there as well. Yeah he was but, pumped up. Yeah he was pumped up. So I mean if you're a good team and you know Resto like the celebrations are gonna be awesome. That's gonna oh, be great for social media. I exactly mean, great for social media. It'll make the viewers. I mean yeah, yeah. just all the fans want to watch. Exactly yeah. I mean big asset. I see that that makes that drives the bright stuff. I'm, I'm instead of thinking like a second round pick of his Nash, I'll say first you know. Yeah I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah I mean one another. Uh, Proposed trade we got from our viewer was uh, a second and a fourth Ristolainen, which again is just picks, but it's better than nothing. It's better, it's prospects that can help your organization, so it's not terrible. Yeah, because at this point, you know, the goal is just to like offload everyone, start from scratch again. That's yeah. sad to say, but that's just how it is. Yeah, and we got to get something for it. Yeah, and Risto only has one year left on his contract anyway, and I don't think he really wants to stick around. So I think you whatever you have to, you have to move him at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because unless they somehow make the playoffs with him on the roster, there's no way he's like coming back. All right, so we talked about trades, drafts, all important parts of Sabres, but one area that's kind of been difficult for Sabres recently is free agency. They have not done well there. Talk about what we talked about last year when they signed Taylor Hall and it didn't go well. But one big free agent they have this year is Alina Salmark, the goaltender. He's been a pretty good goalie the past few years. Matt, what do you think the chances are of him sticking around? Honestly, I don't know where his head's at, but I think we need, if we want to have any shot at winning like a single game next year, we got to keep this guy. <laughs> because I think, I mean, he's not, he's not like a star goalie in the league, but he's like a, he's a starter. He's a know? starter. He, I think he's just, I think he could be, a, I think, honestly, I think he's a good starter. Like, on a bad Buffalo team, he did, he's done pretty well the past few years. The one, the main concern for me is he kind of always seems to get injured and miss a period of time. That is true. Which I get goalie is an it's a position where that can happen, but at the same time, like, if you're gonna be a number one goalie and you want to be like go for a playoff team, which I'm assuming he does, you have to show that you can be durable for a full season and playoffs. Because the Sabers, I mean, obviously no, he's never played a playoff game, so no. that's I think that should come to the equation in the equation as well to the contract. I would like to have him back, but I wouldn't go overboard because I think he really hasn't shown that he's overboard. He's worth that. Yeah, that is true, and he's not going to be the long term no, goalie no. for this team. He's just kind of hold us over until we find something. Yeah, in terms of more free agency. Some of the top free agents we can mention are guys like Gabriel Landeskog, uh, Philip Grubauer, the goalie from the Avalanche, Zach Hyman, Taylor Hall, Dougie Hamilton. Do you think any of those players have any chance to come to the Buffalo, Matt? Well, I'll tell you what, Mike. I think we got to, you know, start from scratch. Here we go. Sign Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl. Sign him over, give him a second chance. I mean, that's interesting because I don't wonder how that would work. Like, we don't really have any basis of how that would work. So, I mean, it's not a bad option, you know? Do you think they would come back? I'm gonna go with no because uh, Taylor Hall had a terrible year here, and Eric Stahl had a, was pretty bad here as well. So, 
But who knows? Maybe they enjoyed the food here. We got good wings in Buffalo, so you never know. Yeah, no, but really, I, I honestly don't think we should go for any free agents. We don't need any bad contracts. Yeah. We don't we don't need any more of that. Yeah. You know, we got Jeff Skinner. We got Ocposo. We don't need any more. Yeah. I, I would like to have, have uh, Zach Hyman from the Leafs, who uh, he's played kind of all up and down the lineup. When he plays on the first line with guys like Matthews and Marner, he gets like he does really well, like over a point per game. Yeah. And he's done well on his own as well, like on the third line. They've had him there. He's kind of like a shutdown defensive player, and he's carried his own weight. But at the same time, I don't see why he would come here to exactly. Buffalo. That's, that's the hard part about free agency is yeah. they got to want to come here too. I, I don't see why anyone, anyone really would, would want to come here Yeah. unless they wanted like, to be like the first-line center or like first-line role. But Or just wanted money and didn't care about how. Yeah, that's true. you got to wonder what Taylor Hall was thinking yeah. last year. <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. So, yeah, really no free agents. I don't think, I don't think free agency is going to be a big year for the Sabres. No. Most excitement will come from possible trades and then the draft. So basing uh, projections or predictions and all that, what do you think is the best case scenario for the Sabres in terms of like keeping players, trading players, and like next season? Well, best case scenario, the highest we're going to get is, A, we have to keep Eichel and Reinhardt. If we get rid of those players, we have no chance of doing good. Yeah. Because the return we're going to get is not, where we're, it's going to be, you know, obviously good, but like not good now. It's going to be future yes. good. So like picks, prospects, players, stuff like that. Yep. So for us to have a chance at doing good, maybe even getting playoffs, I'm not even going to say that word because <laughs> I honestly don't think we could get playoffs if we had everyone there. But uh, I think that would be our best bet. If everyone stays, we would be in the race for a playoff, yes. but we wouldn't make it. Yeah, in terms of best case scenario, I'd say, like you said, keeping those guys. Michael have to be like his old self, like a couple years ago. Reinhardt will have to continue what he's doing this year. Dowling will have to continue to take steps to be like an number one defenseman. Um, the players would again will have, to, will have to keep clicking with Granado and becoming like um, used to him and having his influence on offense stand out in the gameplay. And those are kind of the main things, I think. And also, all are going to play well as well because you need, gold, you need gold, good goaltending to make the playoffs, obviously. So those are kind of the main things. But here's a worst case scenario for the Sabres, I guess. This was easy. They're forced to trade Eichel and Reinhardt and don't get good returns. And the players they get back are not equal to what they are. Yeah, and we get last place. Last place, yeah. Again. Yeah, last place. I mean, that's definitely a possibility for next year. First overall pick? Yeah, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe we might get screwed over in the draft or something. You never know. Never know. <laughs> Whatever happens, it'll be exciting and it'll, have, it'll, be, it'll be new because it's Buffalo. <laughs> so, with that, this has been the More Life Podcast. Thank you for listening and go Sabres.